Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. I'm Carly Ann, I'm a somatic practitioner with a focus on attachment and self-esteem. Driven by my own journey of doing the inner work on healing the past and becoming more secure, this podcast is where you will find top healing tips, other people's lessons in love, and a community of people just like you and just like me that are determined to break the cycle of insecure attachment. I truly believe that everyone deserves a healthy love in their lifetime. Hello and welcome back to Lessons in Attachment. I'm Carly Ann, a somatic attachment coach. Today we're going to look at different ways that you might experience overthinking. Now what we know is of course I'm coming from the perspective of people with insecure attachment. People that I work with, people that I come across, and in my own experience, there are different ways that we can basically live in our head. One of the internal experiences that you might be living with is finding that you are constantly thinking about the future, constantly going over the past. You might be worrying, you might be daydreaming, you might be obsessing. There's different ways that we live in our mind. And it tends to have that it might have um, different consequences for us on how we feel, on how we show up. You might find today that when I give the description of the different ways we overthink, you might find that you fall into one more than another. You might find that you fall into all of them. Try not to judge yourself. As we move through this episode, meet yourself with curiosity, meet yourself with compassion and the understanding that you being here is a huge deal. You being here is part of your journey from insecure to secure, which I really believe is possible for all of us. I have felt it. I have seen it in others. We can create change for ourselves. So really hold on to that. The reason that I am talking about this is because the first month, so January, inside the Attachment Recovery Gym, which is my online membership, next year, I am going to be doing one module a month. So 12 modules and start again. Delete that. The reason I've chosen to speak about this today, and you may have seen me touching on this topic on my Instagram, carly.an underscore, if you don't follow me already. But the reason for this is because next year inside the Attachment Recovery Gym, which is my online membership for people with insecure attachment, Next year, I'm covering 12 modules across the whole year that looks at different difficulties that people face as adults when you have an insecure attachment style. The very first month, as requested by current members, we're going to be looking at styles of overthinking. 
I'm going to be helping people to really understand the way that we can live in our minds and how it is that we can actually begin to shift ourselves to live more in the present moment, to be able to look at the world with kind of like a sense of reality, a sense of balance, to be able to look at different perspectives to be able to function and get on with our day instead of being overtaken by the thoughts in our mind, the inner dialogue. You know, imagine if you could see yourself falling into this certain pattern and then to actually know the things that you can do in that moment to pull yourself back, to come home to yourself in that moment without spiraling, to choose to shift instead of spiraling. What is it that we want to be able to do, right? We want to be able to shift instead of spiraling. So I'll tell you the four key ways that people that I'm working with, so people with anxious attachment, fearful attachment, they may experience thinking patterns such as daydreaming, like limerence and obsession, worry, and ruminating. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about these four with you. I will also give some insight into what can we do to kind of break free of this as well. But do know if you want to dive into that, of course, that's what we're going to be looking at in January inside the attachment recovery gym, which is currently an offer on to join for the whole year for £250, which is a great saving for the whole year. So you're very welcome to go and check that out. So let's think about limerence. Limerence, you may have heard me discuss over on Instagram. Like I say, you may have read about it. I see it as being hugely linked to anxious attachers, fearful attachers. It is that intense, obsessive focus on a specific person, on someone who has, you know, that you're feeling attached to. They are the limerent object. I like the term limerent object because I think it has become the point where it's almost like this is more of an object than a person, the way that I'm seeing them, the way that I'm thinking about them, the way that I'm putting them on a pedestal. And it really can take over your whole being. It can really make you feel crazy when you're in this state of limerence. There's this huge, idealized, unrealistic view of the relationship, of the person, of who they are, of what they bring you. And it is just almost completely forgetting yourself. You might literally notice a the physical impact of this. You might feel yourself shaking when you see them or think about them or hear about them. Your heart rate increasing, butterflies in your stomach. It might really hit you physically. What we see behaviorally with this is quite often like the excessive monitoring of the other person, the checking, wanting that frequent contact and feeling like you can't cope without them neglect of personal boundaries, neglect of yourself. It's that self-abandonment. Often, depending on whether the person is in your life, depending on whether you have connection with them, there can be like extreme highs and extreme lows based on them, based on what they're doing, based on how you're perceiving them, based on whether you're in contact with them. Your self-worth is often in their hands fixating on this crush, feeling an overwhelming sense of joy or despair at times, all based on their responses. 
And actually, I really love to talk about limerence. And if this is something you want to hear me talk more about, then definitely feel free to send me a DM. Let me know you want to hear about this and I can do a whole episode on it. But for those of you in the gym or joining the attachment recovery gym, we will look at this in January because like I say, we're going to look at all four of these descript- uh, these types of overthinking. Next is daydreaming. And actually people that are in a limerent state, they will also be daydreaming. There's absolutely crossovers between all of these. Excessive daydreaming is often a way of escaping your world through your imagination maybe a coping mechanism for unmet emotional needs so you imagine them being met maybe a coping mechanism for a difficult reality so you create a new reality in your mind it's a way to feel close to someone you know if you're in that limerent state or even not you might find that sometimes you actually take yourself off find time to daydream to feel connected to someone to feel like you're where you want to be of course the problem with this is that it impacts your reality right your day-to-day life either it stops you dealing with things that need to be dealt with it stops you enjoying what is in front of you like say you have a healthy relationship say there is someone else that could potentially actually work with say there is um, other dates that you want to be going on but you're just focused daydreaming about this person what you tend to find here like physically, it can be tiring, fatigue, like you might find like a lot of the time the daydreaming can happen when you take yourself to bed. So that really can interrupt your sleep late nights, not wanting to get up, those kind of things. And yeah, just difficulty concentrating, right? Think about how this impacts your actions, missed deadlines, withdrawal from social interactions, not being able to just function in your day-to-day not being able to be present is one of the key things now it can give you this temporary relief this is a coping strategy yeah so there can be this temporary relief because the reality is maybe that you're not with this person you're not having whatever it is that you are daydreaming about however it can increase dissatisfaction over the time a lot of our coping strategies in the moment can give us relief but create issues over time so if you're constantly imagining scenarios of acceptance of your ex changing their mind of being accepted and validated by this specific person then perhaps you're falling into the pattern of daydreaming the third style is worry so if you are someone who worries a lot perhaps about anything and everything persistent worrying involving like anticipating and predicting negative outcomes dwelling on potential threats to the relationship imagining being left abandoned things not working out and really worrying and feeling like you can't cope with that level of uncertainty or if things go wrong you know we with worry we see a lot of muscle tension headaches physical difficulties in digestion and just that kind of butterflies in our stomach again and what you'll see often and it is different for each person but thinking of the behavioral impact 
You might find that you're seeking constant reassurance. You might find that you're overanalyzing interactions. You might be planning, planning everything, planning what I'm going to do if X happens, planning what I'm going to do if Y happens. Another way people cope with worry is actually avoiding certain situations, staying away from situations and never really getting to see that they can cope. If we're not certain about something, we might avoid it. And we can't become certain about many things, but we can learn to tolerate uncertainty and we can learn to see that we can cope with difficult situations. Worry, I guess that, you know, closely linked to that is that feeling of anxiety. Most often this is what people are reporting, increased anxiety, self-doubt, fear of abandonment. And you'll really see it when you're constantly questioning the stability of your relationship anticipating and predicting rejection betrayal seeing things go wrong it can it can come to you in images it can come to you in thoughts it can be a gut feeling in your tummy and if you recognize yourself as being someone that worries you might see that it's lots of kind of like what if future based scenarios A lot of them might be hypothetical, things that you can't do anything about. Sometimes we can, and actually we need to take action on those things when the time is right, but often they're hypothetical and out of our control. And the fourth type that I'm going to talk to you about today is ruminating. So ruminating is the repetitive, intrusive dwelling on past events, on mistakes on things that have happened conversations that you had things that you wish that you should have done could have done would have done and again that insomnia that fatigue it can really compromise our sleep when we're going over these things difficult to concentrate because we are stuck in this spiral of shame stuck in this spiral of what we should have done things you might be doing include having difficulty moving on, difficulty concentrating, a lot of self-criticism, an inability to let go of things actually, really holding on, that can be in action. You know, if we are spending our time ruminating, it's often something that we're actually doing with our time. And what we see here is often low mood. So with the worry, we often feel quite anxious. With ruminating, we often feel low, guilt, shame, frustration. And so that continually replaying a past situation, continually going over things in the past, feeling a sense of guilt or regret. So if you're someone who notices more that you're going over the past and mistakes, then it might be that you're in a pattern of ruminating. Now, with all of these, we don't, what we tend to do when we're in it is follow the content, follow what I'm thinking on, like try and figure things out, try and answer the questions. Where I'm coming from in January in the attachment recovery gym and across the board when I'm working with people is actually looking at more of the pattern that you're falling into and looking at that as a whole. If I was to go down the content route or the what ifs or why did they do that, We probably would be there for hours just ruminating and daydreaming and thinking out loud. What we want to help you to do is actually break the pattern, right? So it's not necessarily the content. We can use some of the content to help us practice some of the tools that you can then use 
on other areas and with other bits of content, but we don't kind of want to get obsessed on the what ifs and the whys. Something I'm really careful about with all of my clients and all of the work that I do is making sure that I don't ruminate or worry out loud with you. It's not helpful. It's staying in the mind of someone else. It's often abandoning you. And that, of course, is not what I'm here for. I'm here to show secure attachments. I'm here to show acceptance and compassion, not to continue in an old pattern with you. Something at this point that can be really useful for you today is just to even notice which one of these am I falling into the most? Which one of these do I recognize myself in? We don't want to undervalue the power of acknowledgement, the power of recognizing this is a pattern that I'm falling into. To be able to note that in the moment and to be able to know, okay, I'm noticing that I'm ruminating. I'm noticing right now that I am in limerence. Like I'm noticing the obsessional pattern. That can be so powerful. We all always feel like, well, what do I do then? What do I do next? We can really take on a moment and be like, just to find it in us to say I'm ruminating. This is happening right now. That is so powerful. I remember ruminating and going back into ruminating, acknowledging that I'm ruminating and going back into it. That is part of it. I can now recognize it before I spiral, like most of the time anyway, and bring myself out. There are certain areas that I will still worry for sure, but I don't spiral in the same way. And the way that I manage it, the coping strategies have become much, much healthier. One tool, like effective tool, to diffuse these overthinking patterns is mindfulness meditation, engaging in mindfulness practices. It can really help to bring our attention to the present moment, to break the cycle of these intrusive thoughts. And also, of course, as I always share, to really meet ourselves with acceptance, without judgment, and with curiosity. If we can incorporate this, with patience into our day, then we can help ourselves move out of autopilot. It's autopilot that leads us into the ruminating, the worrying, the obsessing and the daydreaming. And for me, mindfulness, compassion, curiosity, these are some of the key things that really, really support us to move from insecure to secure. And remember, you know, building a secure attachment style It is gradual and seeking support from podcasts like this, checking out the attachment recovery gym, you know, community, that is community there. It can be so, so useful for helping us on our journey, for helping us to come home to ourselves. And if you have any questions, if you want me to do a full episode on any of these, then perhaps you can send me a DM and let me know. I really love creating podcast episodes for you that I know that you want to hear, that I know you're interested in. I absolutely adore this space. I appreciate you so much for choosing this podcast. And like I say, follow me on Instagram if you're not already, carly.an underscore. There's no E in the Anne. I hope that you found this useful. I hope that you've been able to take any gems and I will be back here very soon.